Welcome to Seattle on Tap. I'm Courtney Jacobson. I'm Ashley Toten. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's delicious. We're hanging out in person. At my house. Not at my house. <laughs> so we got some news. Do, Do y'all wanna... want the good news or the bad news first? <laughs> <laughs> we have got some doozies for you today. Um, because today is going to be a finale of sorts. Mm-hmm. You want to? Um, I guess the most delicate way to say this is that, you know, we started the podcast right before COVID happened. We had to adapt to that. Um, we were unemployed for a couple of months and it seemed like a goddamn cakewalk doing the podcast. But then life kept happening and keeps happening and it's coming at us fast. Everyone, really. Like, in every goddamn way. Yeah. Um, so, we are taking a, for lack of a better way to put it, a hiatus. And going to focus on our mental health, family, um, and some other fun stuff. You know? <laughs> So you won't be seeing from us other than maybe rando Instagram posts. Um, we will not be doing Patreon. Um, also, we're going to be posting this video on Patreon so that our patrons know. But um, we thought that everybody needed to know this information. So. so if you're listening to this and feel like you want to just see what the Patreon was about... Hop in there. It'll probably be a kind of a cheap way to get everything we ever did on there that maybe you never saw. And you'll be able to watch this whole episode and maybe see some stuff that was edited out of the audio. And you never know. There might be some, like, you know, found footage videos that randomly appear if I get too high or something. It's, you know, it's hard to say. <laughs> but yeah, um... Life shit, for sure, has been going on. Um, I'm momentarily unemployed. <laughs> uh, you can tell I'm very sad about that right now. Um, <laughs> She's not. No. Um, but yeah, things things are going to be good. But, but we need to kind of focus on... Well, I know I need to focus on getting my shit together. So that's going to happen. Mm. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll try. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, we definitely prepared some Whoppers. Um, yeah, this go- episode is no fucking joke. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start it? Oh, what are you drinking? They can't tell I'm drinking. I'm just kidding. They can tell we're drinking. We've already pre-funked. Uh, let me pull out my handy-dandy iPhone so I can tell you. So, uh, the beer I am drinking was actually gifted to me, as all of you know, probably. I love Chuckanut Brewing, like, a lot. Um, and this beer is the Chuckanut Skagit Tulip Ale. Um, also, Chuckanut is out of Bellingham, Washington. They also have a tasting room in Portland now, FYI. Their exact little notation is, this delightful California common ale... Also, first time I've had a common ale on the show. 
It uses a blend of old world hops um, and also new world hops. And all the malts are Pacific Northwest grown, which is really fun. It's kind of a wheat hybrid situation that they use in this. Um, it is really hoppy. It's really clean. It's really dry. Um, I would say if you like a Pilsner, you'd probably like it. Um, but essentially a common for a lot of folks don't know what the fuck that even is. Mm -hmm. And constantly when I serve beer and I say it's a common, people are like, common hell. Um, a common it is tastes a, like beer. It does taste exactly like beer, it turns out. Um, <laughs> um, a common, which if you've heard of a steam beer, they're essentially the same thing. It's essentially lager yeast, but um, in a beer, obviously, that's fermented at ale temperatures. So it's a really unique flavor. This little baby is only 5.2 also. So that's nice. We have all that going for us. And I am ending things with one of my most favorite ever breweries, Ruben's Brew. Nobody's surprised. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm ending with the Dream Team, which is one of their collabs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I brought with me to Casa de Ashley... Um, <laughs> two different beers and I was like okay one of these can be my pre-funk and the other one and and we both were like mm, which one should be what and we both kind of were like yeah obviously this one because favorite brewery and it's called dream team and when I tell my story you'll find out why that works out but this is a collaboration between Rubens Brews Great Notion they're out of Portland uh, Rubens is here in Seattle. And then Fort George, which is out of Astoria, Oregon. Uh, this dream team first brewed together with the 2017 release of Fort George's iconic three-way, which I love me a three-way IPA. Um, and skipping past some other stuff. All right. So dream team packs grapefruit, passion fruit, white wine, and stone fruit flavor across a very soft, very light, and pillowy hazy IPA. Uh, the brew is engineered to drive up aromatics, which it definitely does. Like right off the bat, it smells really piney and fruity a little bit. And then 7.2%, so I'm not sad about that. <laughs> uh, they use Pilsner malt plus uh, flaked and malted oats and flaked rice with cryo Simcoe, Nelson Sauvin, and Rewaka hops alongside Citra. So, whole lot of hops. But yeah, it, as you can see, it's like very classic, cloudy, light, kind of that hay straw color. Look at like the basically, I know. <laughs> Also, the mustache glasses. You it's have real to. today. <laughs> okay, enough about beer. I mean, for now. Are you guys? So, am I gonna be really mad? Am I gonna be? You're gonna be scared. A, I think you're gonna be in all of those states, and maybe also distress. Okay. 
I um, have my my comfort be ready for me. <laughs> so this uh, story I had never heard of, and it was requested by a fella named Marco. So if Marco is li- listening to this, thank you. Also, goddamn oh, no. you, because it's a fucking doozy. I played Marco Polo in the pool with Layla. When we Don't talk to me about swimming pools. Uh, I want to go swimming so bad. It was really cold in that pool. <laughs> You're like, this is fun. It's fine. Like, Just jump in. Ah! <laughs> it's cool. I didn't need any of my intel. It's fine. I'm numb now. Let's go. <laughs> Yikes. How do you bring me a drink? It worked. When I was a kid, that worked great. Actually, Gordon did keep bringing me drinks because he was too afraid to get in the water because it was really cold. If I warm the inside of her, the outside will be fine. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> he was like, well, he, she's in the pool dealing with cold water. She hates being cold and she's playing with our kid. I'll bring her drinks. <laughs> <laughs> good guy. Good guy. Okay. What do you got? All right. So I'm bringing us back in time to 1994. Mm-hmm. On December 18th in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. Wow. Off to a great start. South Africa? <laughs> sure, we did. Maybe you should have drank this one. Maybe. South Africa. All South right. Africa. <laughs> On December 18th in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. Uh, 27-year-old Allison Botha and a few friends got together for a day at the beach. After a fun day in the sun, they decided to grab some pizza and then go back to Allison's and play some games. When the friends decided that they were done for the night and wanted to kind of wrap things up, um, all of her friends kind of slowly took off, but one friend needed a ride home, so Allison gave her a ride home. Pretty typical evening. I feel like Mm -hmm. this is pretty standard for a lot of us. So, after dropping her friend off, Elizabeth returns home and parks her car. As she reaches over to grab a bag of clean laundry she had left in her car and other random shit. I know, personally, I'm a person that has all the goddamn things in my past. I was going to say, tell me you're in your 20s without telling me you're in your 20s. I just have a gazillion. (laughs) I always have so much shit in my car that I have to get. Yeah. Um, As she's digging around, like most of us do, her her driver's side door just, like, opens suddenly. Oh, hell no. And much to Allison's horror, there is a man standing there with a knife pointed right at her. And the man says, you need to move over if you want to live. And the man makes her move over to another seat in the car and takes control of the car, drives off with Allison in the passenger seat. No. So the man then explains he doesn't really want to hurt her. He just needs to borrow her car for like an hour or so. So Allison takes... Some relief in hearing that, I guess. And, I mean, the situation isn't ideal, but he just said he doesn't want to hurt her, so it's probably fine. So the man drives on and then stops allowing another man to get into the car, into the back seat. Uh, excuse me? Immediately (sighs) upon seeing the man, Allison knew something terrible was about to happen. Yeah, now he's got backup. You're fucked. So the car continues driving until less and less street lights are visible on the city street mm-hmm. until they reach a deserted area just outside of town, and then the car stops. One of the men forces Allison out of the car and says, we're going to have sex with you. Are you going to resist? And mind you, these men are armed with knives. 
And so Allison says, no, I won't resist. Her kidnappers, who are Fran Dutois, I think is how you say his name, and Theans Kruger, um, then proceed to take turns violently raping Allison. Oh, God. And as if that weren't horrific enough, the men weren't done. So the men decide that now they have to kill Allison because she's seen their faces, they've just raped her. Jesus. And so they decide they're going to suffocate her. So they start choking and strangling her. But... Allison will start to lose consciousness, but not die. She keeps, after a few attempts of this, of being choked to the point of passing out, she'll wake up. The men are, like, furious. They're just like, what the fuck? Why will she not die? We just want her to die. Thank so God. they decide they have to try something else. They proceed to stab Allison in the abdomen more than 30 times. Holy shit. Fran specifically... Uh, tries stabbing her in the lower abdomen in an effort to mutilate her reproductive organs. By the way. Jesus. The men step back, discussing amongst themselves that she just has to be dead now. And then suddenly, Allison's leg twitches and she starts kind of moving and they're like, what the fuck? And they're in a full-blown rage at this point. So one of the men jumps in and climbs basically on top of Allison and just starts violently stabbing and slashing at Allison's throat more than 16 times. So Courtney, she still isn't fucking dead. Allison recalls seeing his face (laughs) with the sky behind it and seeing his arm just moving back and forth. And right above her face. And she keep, remembers hearing this wet sound. Oh, and then suddenly God, no. realizing it's her own fucking throat. She said she was there and that, you know, laying there and seeing all of this. And there's oh just no God. fucking way it can be real. She just couldn't believe that this was actually a real thing. She didn't feel any pain. Oh my God. She remembers. Uh, but she was unable to move. Like, it's literally like yeah. a fucking nightmare. Like, you're having a nightmare of somebody murdering and you can't move. Yeah. Um, but she suddenly realizes, like, if I don't stop moving, yeah, they're never going to leave. So you got to play dead. Oh my God. Essentially decides, Ugh. yeah, I'm going to play dead. <laughs> so she does. She just stops moving and tries to be like, uh, and tries to act like she's dead. And she hears one of the men say, do you think she's dead? And the other one says, there's no fucking way anyone could survive that. And then the men got into Allison's car and drove off. So Allison's now alone in the dark, realizing that she might not make it. Like, she's alive, but, like, like Ooh, she has no idea. knows where she is. There's right. nobody coming by. And she's just oh. been fucking stabbed a gazillion times. So she begins, like, kind of tries to roll over, and she can't quite. Like, she's, you know, she's got the shit kicked out of her. Mm-hmm. But she was like, I might not make it. I should really write down who because they said their names to each other in front of her she's like i'm gonna write their names in the dirt next to me in my blood like her blood the bloody dirt next to her oh badass so she writes their names with her finger in the dirt and then underneath that oh my god she writes i love mom oh my god it's almost mother's day Oh, shit. Oh, Oh, my brain is so messed up. Oh, Christ on a crutch. All right. (laughs) I mean, 
Mother's Day from then. Give me some good stories. I'm really red in the face. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh. Cheers to all the moms. I mean, (laughs) dude. Is it hot in here or is it just me? (laughs) I have the chills. (laughs) Oh my God. So Allison's laying there. Yeah. And she starts to be like, okay. The only way I can get out of this is if I save my own life. Yeah. And she's like, okay, what, what the fuck do I do? Where am I? How far from the city am I? How far from the road am I? And so suddenly out in the distance, she sees headlights moving through brush, and she realizes the highway is not that far. And she's like, okay, I have to get to that roadway if I want to live. And she did. Oh, my God. I wish it was just that easy, though. Yeah, no. Obviously, the story doesn't end here. Oh, fuck no. You're going to have the worst nightmares ever, you guys. You're welcome. Oh, God. So, Allison slowly brings herself to her feet, but she found herself really disoriented. All she could see was the sky. And she couldn't figure out why that's all she can see. Oh, no. And then she realized that her throat had been cut so severely... I'm not laughing. I'm, oh laughing. My I'm God. laughing at her. Oh, my God. That her head is hanging backwards, like resting on her back. Oh so terrified, God. but still determined, she grabs her hair and pulls her head back up oh. and proceeds to try to walk forward. And then she feels something like slimy touching her side. And she's like, what the fuck? And her. tilts her head down and realizes that she's been stabbed so many times that her intestines are hanging out. She's basically been disemboweled. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so with her other hand, she is trying to hold in her internal organs. And the other hand, I'm putting my phone down to demonstrate. She's doing a little of this mm-hmm. and trying to walk. She's also an excruciating pain. Holding her head pain. in place. And her and intestines her in place. in. Oh, that's awful, that's awful, that's awful. This is not... Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> so she continued on, falling several times, which even that makes me want to barf, considering all the things. But she keeps getting up and keeps trying, and finally gets to the road. But once she gets to the road, she collapses. Like she's like, I I've gotten as far as I can possibly fucking get, and I can't do this anymore. Thankfully, she didn't have to wait too long. Um, a young na- man named TNL. Ellard, all these South African names, they're fucking with me. Um, he just happened to be on vacation in the area, but he was also a veterinary student. And he happened to just be cruising by and sees, he's with a bunch of friends, but he sees a body in the road and he's like, holy shit. And then he looks at it again and he's like, holy shit. That's so not he a jumps out of the car and sprints to her. Oh my God. And thankfully one of the friends, so again, this is 94. This is like, way before cell phones were common. But thankfully, one of the friends happens to have one, Um, which in itself, again, seems like a fucking miracle. But they call for help. But while they wait, Tian used some of his veterinary experience and starts tucking some of the exposed organs and other things into her body to try to keep her alive. Just going to tuck your guts back in. Don't mind. Like, I I left out details, but it's thyroid, her windpipe, um, yeah, he just, and some of her intestines, he's like, I'm just going to poke that back in there and hope for the best here. Um, Damn. So, Your once, thyroid's up here. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, it's not good stuff. Not, not good, not good. So when she gets to the hospital, the staff is just like fucking shocked. Like the veteran doctor there in the ER was like, I have worked here for 20-ish years and I've never, ever seen a person living with injuries like this. That girl's got some great genes. <sighs> Shit, dude. So, y'all, I'm happy to report that not only did Allison make a full recovery, and whether it was a curse or a blessing, like I said, she remembered every goddamn detail. Talk about some PTSD, Jesus. For reals. So she, again, remembered their names, their face, their voices. Um, Barely out of surgery. She has stitches goddamn everywhere. She is already helping authorities, going to the police station, like, every day, trying to find these fucking people. Jeez. The men, it turns out, she is able to identify them in a lineup. They do get arrested. Um, these men had a history of violence towards women. Shocking. Of course they did. Um, assault against women. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and they became, after this incident, known in the media as the Ripper Rapists. I was going to say, this is a serial situation. Yeah. Because that was planned. That was like... Yeah. It's fucking... Ugh. So disgusting. Wow. Uh, both of these turds plead guilty, um, of kidnapping, rape, attempted murder, amongst other charges. Uh, they were obviously found guilty, and both were sentenced to life terms in prison without the possibility of parole in August of 95. Um, shock, again, shocking though, and Allison's clearly a tough fucking cookie. Um, but as you can imagine, she had a lot to work through emotionally, mentally, physically, after dealing with any like any and all of that <laughs> um and she did uh not she's only... not in the u.s because she probably has healthcare <laughs> right. provided all right <laughs> <laughs> sorry um <laughs> so she started traveling the world to share her story and bring awareness to violent crimes against women wow but she also authored two books kind of on that subject uh, during the time of her recovery, Allison got married, um, and in 2003, the couple had their first of their two children, which she described the birth of her first child as one of the greatest gifts in her life, considering, considering. the fact, Fra- she's like, Franz had purposely tried to destroy my reproductive organs, so my son's birth was kind of a big old <sighs> to yeah. him, but also a blessing to her family, like Just, a thing she didn't know she could have, you Yeah. Know? She continues to give motivational speeches around the world, and the garbage humans that attacked her are still in prison. However, a new political decision has been made that basically says anyone serving a life sentence that has been sentenced before October of 2004 uh, was now eligible for parole. Why? Um, Agreed. So, good news, though, is that... Overcrowding? Like, seriously. No idea. But when the men's time came, several citizens, like hundreds of citizens, including Allison, were like, yeah, we're doing a petition that says no. And so far, they have been denied every goddamn time. Um, and a quote of Allison's I just wanted to share, um, again, she's an author, but a quote that I found that I was like, I feel like all of us need to hear this right now, uh, is remind yourself that you do not have to take responsibilities for what others do. Life is not a collection of what happens to you, but how you've responded to what's happened to you. I think all of us need to hear that. Oh my God, I, wow. So there. Um, 
I legit was reading about this story. Marco told me about it, but didn't give me any information about it. And I started reading it and I was like, I'm going to throw up. I think I'm going to throw up. Um, there's also a documentary that you, if you have Amazon Prime, it's called Allison, um, that is her telling the story. I need to watch it. And that. it is very good. Um, highly recommend. But yeah, she descri- in the documentary, she describes when her throat's being cut that she says, ironically, it looked like he had a halo because the moon was right behind his head. And clearly he's not an angel, but she's like, well, there was a halo of the moon right behind his head. And I was like, oh my God. The fact that she remembers the details so well is like, she's a real life superhero. Seriously. I also cannot imagine trying to hold my own head up and my guts in and like, I, I can't even, can't even. The head thing, when I first read about it. As soon as you start saying, like, you're saying all she can see is the sky. She can't fit. And I'm like, oh no. Oh no. Don't tell me. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So gnarly. Um, it kind of reminded me because I have to make everything funny somehow to cope with it. Right, right. It reminded me of um, Death Becomes Her, the Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn movie. <laughs> I used to watch that so much. <laughs> that fucking movie. Oh, if only because they didn't feel the pain. They did not. Oh God. But, yeah, it's the fact that I mean sometimes like oh, these stories I just... when I think about this yeah. is a real fucking thing. Yeah. It's the same with um. um Oh, dang. Her name just escaped my brain. Forearm. <laughs> All I'm going to say is mud scabs. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because I can't think of her name. I'm so sorry. I can't remember your name right now. Well. We've had beers. Hmm. Also, my memory cannot be trusted. <laughs> uh, it's in there somewhere. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Sydney Somebody, knows what we're saying. Somebody's out there screaming at us. Maybe Sydney. all of you. Sydney's yelling at us. Um, um, yeah, because her arms were cut off, and yeah, that's another one that I'm like, how in the fuck? Honestly, okay, this is a safe zone, so <laughs> I'm probably not alone in this. But I try to imagine what I would do in lots of like really impossible scenarios. So honestly, ever since I was really little, like. Same. I, tr- I try to, could I make it if I all of a sudden was blind? <laughs> and there, my husband laughs at me a lot because there are a lot of different weird things I'll do to try, <laughs> try and see if I can do it without using my eyes to, if I suddenly lose my sight, can I make it? Um, but yeah, like lots of stuff like that. And I try to imagine, let's say zombie apocalypse. I will be one of the ones that are fighting, fucking fighting to the end. Like I've thought, cause I'm not the best at sleeping. So <laughs> probably none of us are. Um, <laughs> but I'll sit there and think through all these scenarios and like, I'd still keep going. I'd still try to go. I, I'd still keep going. Like try to figure out at what point do you just give up? I say that, but I feel like what would end up happening is like that Family Guy episode when Peter hits his shin and he's like, go on without me. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would be what happens to me for reals. Oh, I don't know. 
Mm. I am uh, pretty excited about your story. Do we need a, a break or? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's a good excuse to have a third beer. Make people wait. Yeah. To quote Rocky for like, anticipation. <laughs> it's getting weird, you guys. <laughs> we haven't seen each other in person in like it's a, been a since bit Christmas. Too long. I think since Christmas. Oh my god, what are we doing with our? See, we need some reset. <laughs> Do you On that now? note, we're taking a quick break. Okay, <laughs> BRB. <laughs> All right, we're back. Okay. I'm about to tell a story that I've been avoiding, but I gotta tell it. I mean, I don't really have to, but I'm gonna. You do have to. <laughs> I do. I promised I would. Oh, everybody's gonna hate me. Okay. Um, <laughs> for those that are not in West Seattle, you're not going to hate me. You're just going to be like, whoa, what a fucked up story. Um, I'm going to stop avoiding it. Uh, talk about Tracy Dart. And for those, again, that are not West Seattle people that were in the thick of things, um, Tracy Dart was a very, like, very prominent figure here in the area oh, that became somewhat of a local celebrity and because of her fundraising efforts towards fighting breast cancer from the years 2006 to 2016. Sounds nice. Yeah. Um, in 2016, however, um, it came to light that she was a fraud. Well, she had been faking cancer. A bunch. Four times. And this is super complicated, though. But, I mean, how could it not be? Alright, so, I want to start this off a little bit with a quote that I found on the Facebook page of Pete Ciesel, which is a nom de plume <laughs> or ghostwriter name attached to the West Seattle Fun Blog account, written by Brian Bell, my birthday twin. Um, <clears throat> he said, "In because he knew her well, and he even had he had long like." kind of rocker hair as he was in a band is in bands um he allowed her to shave his head for one of her many uh fundraising events and he had grown his hair for a very long time um but he said and this is kind of a quote taken out of a a bigger uh paragraph but it stuck with me. He said, I'm a sucker who supported a worthy cause 
under false pretenses. And I just felt like that hit me because it really perfectly touches on this whole situation. Um, it's a really fucking confusing story. It's still really so many un unanswered questions, especially for those of us that knew her that were in the mix of things. Um, and I wasn't even in the mix of things as much as so many others were. But um, on one hand, she raised hundreds of thousands of dollars that legitimately did go towards breast cancer research. However, she did it under false pretenses. She lied in a really fucking horrible way. So, who's Tracy Dart? For those who don't know. Um, Tracy Caroline Dart was born October 17th, 1974 to a perfectly normal, loving family in here in West Seattle where she grew up. Uh, I mean, she had a normal, if not slightly above average childhood. She had a group of good friends. She, I remember hearing little stories of like cheerleading camp. Um, she went to, and here's why I say slightly above average, she went to a private high school. She went to Seattle Lutheran High School um, where she graduated from in 1992. Then she went to Seattle Central College, local community college, um, and then on to graduate with a Bachelor of Science in Tourism Service Management from Central Washington University in 1998. So, very, like, just... Nothing. Yeah, seems Regular, pretty normal. Like, just a normal, average person. She, after graduating from high school, or high school, after graduating from university, came back to West Seattle, where her heart belonged. She was a tried and true community person. Um, <clears throat> and uh, she worked mostly in marketing, various companies, did some uh, writing. Um, and then she uh, ended up in 2012 with a good friend and partner uh, business partner uh, starting a company called brand baby which was uh, they described it as a marketing services branding company in other words they made merch you uh -oh. need <laughs> <laughs> numero tres uh, but uh, uh, it's uh. it's <laughs> Brought to you by the letter F. For what the F? Um, <laughs> but it's okay. They're just baby beers. It's just baby beers. Twelve <laughs> ounces baby beer. Yeah. One petite beer. Anywho. <laughs> um. 
So they made merch. So like if you need signs for your company, if you need t-shirts made for your pens, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like Vistaprint, but small local mom and pop shop. Obviously, that's not all. <laughs> um, it was while she was actually away at college that breast cancer made its first major impact in her life. In 1995, her mom's sister, her aunt Laverne Patterson, passed away from breast cancer at the age of 55. Way too young. Um, it would end up taking another 10-ish years for her to really get fully involved in all this bullshit I'm about to tell you about. Though, um, she saw a commercial for the Susan G. Komen three-day walk for the cure, which is a 60-ish mile walk. I've actually done this. Um, I did it in 2008 or 9, say 8-ish. It's fucking brutal. You just walk and walk and walk and walk uphills, downhills, everywhere, nonstop for three straight days. And it, you get almost this weird um, Stockholm syndrome sort of thing with it while you're there because, so while you're walking, you, like there's a whole lot of stuff leading up to it, a whole lot of fucking fundraising. You have a minimum like buy-in basically you must, absolutely must, raise a specific amount. Back when I did the thing, it was like $1,200, I think, now. Like to sponsor yourself, basically? Have people do it to... Yeah, you have to gather up a minimum of so many donations, or buy-in, um, so much money. Uh, I think now it's like almost $3,000, maybe it's even more. I actually did not check because personal reasons um we'll get to that later but um <clears throat> it's just it's intense and while you're walking i mean you people i lost toenails <laughs> Jesus um Christ. it's it's fucking nuts you train and train and train and train you walk and walk and walk and walk and it's still just it's a lot and um Anyway, so <laughs> it's fucking intense. And while you're walking, the whole route is planned out. Everybody that is along that route knows it's happening. And so if they see you, they know what you're doing. They know you're doing this intense thing for a very worthy cause. And so you get like everyone you pass by is like, yay, hi, it's you. They're waving. They're like giving you candy and like giving you stuff and like, um, like, everyone is, like, beyond... You're a celebrity, basically. You're one of thousands of celebrities that just walked by them, and they're so happy to see you. And then it's over. And you're like, oh, fuck. Why is no one waving at me when I walk by? It's why really have, bizarre. It's, it's a trippy <laughs> thing to go through. But, I mean, it's, it's honestly... It's worth doing. Like, if you... Uh, maybe. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There's some problems with the Susan G. Common Foundation. Anyway. Um, that is true. Yeah. So, 
back to this. Man, I digress. Uh, so she saw the commercial. It was very moving. They're very good with PR. Um, <laughs> she said it moved her so much that she immediately called up some of her girlfriends and convinced them to walk with her in the upcoming 2006 Seattle three-day walk. Two years later, she decided let's do it again. Same group. Team Tracy. Here's where shit gets sticky. According to a keynote speech that she gave at the, fast forward to the 2012 Seattle three-day walk, she was a guest speaker there, uh, she signed up, she's telling her story says the whole thing that I just said about the commercial blah 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 and um, she says she signed up for the upcoming 2008 walk so she says okay do the 2006 walk it was moving blah 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 life-changing and then I thought okay 2008 I'm gonna do it again and seven months after she signed up she's going through fundraising she's training she's getting ready and she says she's diagnosed with breast cancer so while going through treatment she also does the three-day walk continues doing fundraising and is publicly advertising at this point that she has cancer mm -hmm. it's she's, she's telling everyone well. she's gonna she's not doing well so may 2008 i think it was may 16th of 2008 she's saying is her diagnosis date she tells people she had a lumpectomy then did radiation and then did however many months of oral chemo meds and then after those are done her blood tests and scans come back to where she is in the clear so to speak then roughly a year and a half later same thing signs up for the walk Finds out she, however many months later, finds out, oh no, got a lump. Goes into the doctor, not great. Lumpectomy, radiation, this time chemo through IV. She's upping the ante. Now she's gonna do air quotes now, losing hair. She's really committing at this point. Shaves her head, shaves her eyebrows. Cause she's going through the more intense version of the chemo. I, through IV is when generally, when honestly, a lot of people with oral chemo lose some hair too. Mm -hmm. Have a lot of side effects. 
I know a few people doing that right now, and it's happening. Same. Okay. Taking a drink. Mm-hmm. All right. So, lumpectomy, radiation, IV chemo, and now she's really, really committed. Um, losing hair. Feeling really sick. Um, she te- she's reported as saying that it's sort of like having the bat- a bad flu that just never goes away. You're constantly nauseous. You're really lethargic. You're feeling really weak. And um, this is, of course, helping her to raise a lot more money for Team Tracy doing the three-day walk. And she's still doing a lot of fundraising events. It's not just her posting on social media. It's two events this week, three events next week, posting on social media, getting radio talk show gigs, getting meeting tons of celebs. Like, she met all, pretty much all the Mariners, pretty much all the Seahawks, pretty much, I mean, like, you name it, she was there. If there was some sort of fundraising event, she was there. And she may have even been part of setting it up. At some point, yes, the three-day walk happens. She's on it. She um, is driving a car that was donated by Auburn Volkswagen that she drove four years in a row. They donated it for her to drive for the walk. They had it wrapped in like Team Tracy, all pink, big old advertisements for Team Tracy. And she drove it because when you do the walk, you have the opportunity that there are several people driving like a minivan or a car or something. So if you just get to the point where you're like, I've been walking for 13 fucking hours. I can't do any, I cannot do a single more single step. There's going to be a car that comes by that will take you to the, the checkpoint or the, the end of the line for that day. And because there are people that legitimately have breast cancer doing this. I saw someone with crutches doing it. It's crazy. Um, all right. So that was 2008. Then we speed up to, and at some point she's cured again from cancer number two. So now we're going to fast forward up to 2011. She's got breast cancer for a third time now. And... Basically, she's really good at doing her research and making it seem realistic. So let's say someone manages to have breast cancer for a third time. They do decide not to have a double mastectomy at this point, and they're still going to just go through all this treatment for a third fucking time. Your funds will be depleted. 
Solar your energy. So the story goes from her that she's focusing her energy on her fundraising and training for, you know, committing to the three-day walk. And so she does have a lot of medical bills, but she's going to focus her energy on this cause that has her heart. So she's going to take a break from working. So she quits her job. And it, I don't know how long she had not been working at this point, but as you can imagine, if this were real, a lot of medical bills would amass a huge amount by this point. So, all these treatments and fundraising, focusing on, only on her fundraising, only blah, blah, blah. <sighs> no job, so she has to have a fundraiser for herself. August 2011, a local bar called The Bridge hosts a fundraiser for her. They agree to be a host. And a good friend of hers pretty much plans the whole thing, helps her plan the whole thing. She, of course, is part of promoting and planning it. Um, and this is for helping her with medical expenses and everyday living while she gets through this third bout of cancer. The bridge, of course, not only do they host for no, zero fee, they also donate money and staff donates money. A lot of tips, which if you know anyone that bartends and serves, that's, that is where they're, their bread and butter. That is how they pay their bills. Like minimum wage is fucking nothing. Mm -hmm. Especially when your tips are taxed out of your minimum, your very minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Tip your fucking bartender. <sighs> For fuck's sake. 20% is like a starting point. So. And server. Not just bartender. Yes. Server. Yeah. Because they're all putting up with your dumb ass. <laughs> all right. <laughs> A little over 50 businesses donate through various forms, whether it's gift cards, cash, um, merch, what have you. Over 50 businesses donate and tons of people donate money. She ends up raising $7,300 to go into a trust for her medical and living expenses. Um, this trust is set up to um, basically where, let's say phone bill. She needs to pay her phone bill that month. She sends the phone bill to the trust. The trust directly pays the phone bill. And so that $7,300 was gone within four months. And in this time, she continues to raise a lot of money for breast cancer research and even had started gathering even more notoriety 
within the breast cancer fundraising kind of community to the point where she even had a team in California somewhere that had walked a couple different years under team Tracy. And um, unfortunately, in late 2015, so, all right, the whole 2011 thing, the fundraiser, blah, 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 third bout of breast cancer. She also was miraculously cured from all that. She made it through all that. Um, I knew her pretty well at this point. I remember um, watching one of our local West Seattle, we have a parade every summer. Um, I remember watching her and a few of our friends in it with her, all part of Team Tracy Dart, um, and people like running up and giving, like handing her money. And um, anyway, so through all of this, again, if you don't know, if you've never been a part of the three-day walk, um, it can get a little complicated. Somebody, like, you get people that are like, uh, I can't really come to your fundraiser, but I can donate some money towards it. Um, how do I do that? And you're kind of like, uh, I can send you my link, or you can write a check to me, and then I'll deposit it, and I'll grab. Because it's like, it's it honestly gets really convoluted and difficult to have all these different you can't just like mail in a check it has to you have to deposit money that people give you into your account via a credit or debit card somehow this is like before gofundme and shit too yeah well even then like yeah so if somebody just wants to hand you cash Susan G. Komen Foundation is not going to be like, yeah, sure, just hand me that. Go to your Seattle office. That's that's not a thing. So you have to, like, convert it to some sort of form that you can do digitally to put it onto your, under your name, under your account that you signed up for them. Anyway, so it's kind of set up in a fucked up, way but i get it um to where you really could embezzle money super easily and like i remember when i did it and i was like i have all these fucking checks of so many thousands of dollars that are so not mine and it's making me nervous <laughs> and like i've gotta deposit this money and then put it into this and I hope I don't get taxed on this. I hope I pay. Like there's so many questions that if you're not a financially minded person like this chick. Anyway. Um, so a lot of people and businesses wrote checks straight to her, to her name because also she has this whole team. And if you put together a team, you're all fundraising together. We all have this collective, like, I have my amount, you have your amount. I, you, like, and if someone is just happens to have more people that are able to donate more money, you reach your amount and then you start 
funneling it to your teammates. That's just how everyone does it. So all that to say, a lot of people were writing checks straight to her. So, <clears throat> all right. Um, back to fast forwarding to late in 2015. Her drinking starts getting out of control. At this point, she, in 2015, she was saying that her cancer had metastasized and spread to her hip bones. We all know, even if you know almost nothing about cancer, that if it goes to your blood or your bones, you're fucking done. Mm -hmm. Within a matter of months, um, her liver is not able to keep up. Family takes her to the hospital because her liver is failing. And of course, everyone is assuming that this probably has something to do with how many rounds of chemo and radiation and everything that she's been through and the fact that this is her fourth bout of cancer and it's in her bones and she's fucked and oh my god we're gonna lose her because of cancer so she's in the the hospital and because they're thorough and it's what doctors do it's like Step number one, ask questions. <laughs> They're asking about her medical history. Parents are like, okay, I'm sure you've already seen this in her charts, but fourth round of cancer, it's in her bones now, her hip bone, blah, blah, blah. She's had first this kind of treatment, this kind, this kind, this kind, this kind. All right, doctors go, try to find her charts, trying to find run blood, do all kinds of tests, come back. There are no signs of cancer in her body whatsoever. Everyone's confused. More tests, more questions, more research. Fast forward, confirmed, Teresa Carolyn Dart has never had cancer, not once in her life. She found a lump once, was not cancer, just a scare. She turned that into, I definitely have cancer in 2008 and just never got out from under that lie. Just kept it fucking going. So now what? <laughs> She's in the hospital. Her liver is failing. She's gonna die. This is legitimately a boy that cries wolf situation. Mm -hmm. Oof. And everyone's hit with this huge fucking lie. Like, it, she was a miracle. And now she's lied to everyone that's ever been around her. And she's essentially conned people out of hundreds of thousands of dollars with these lies. And I 
still to this day, so many years later, I'm so confused by it. And so in my research in the story, of course, Eileen and research the mental health side of it because I, we all know, I'm firm believer that there's a lot we could fix with some mental health attention. So, um, first, as soon as people come to terms with the fact that she's lied, they're like, oh fuck, now we gotta call some people. So, family members and some of the key, like, her main best friends, the people that were the closest to her that were also in Team Tracy, start calling. Obviously, they have to reach out to the Susan G. Komen Foundation to figure out where do we stand on this? Like, are we in giant trouble? Like, how we have to tell you that this has been a lie. Um, luckily, Susan G. Komen Foundation had never once given a dollar to her. So as far as they were concerned, they were okay. Ish. Um, when they reached out to Auburn Volkswagen, the um, owner of the dealership obviously was first in shock because not only did they donate a car to be used for Team Tracy Dart four fucking years in a row for this walk and help fundraise and donate money. They also, at one point, because they felt so bad for her, donated a car for her personal use for an entire year. And ran through the emotions but ultimately decided on concern and worry. Um, owner of the dealership was quoted as saying something to the effect of, I just am really concerned she needs help. Because clearly, if you go this far, this deep down the rabbit hole, you're shaving your head, you're doing things mm -hmm. to make yourself appear sick at this point. You're, you've, I mean, so many things that you're living this lie. You're doing everything to make this lie appear real. Um, there's a mental health issue there. Also, like, good for them because yeah, a corporate business could very easily just be like, I'm going to sue the pants off that person, but mm -hmm. recognizing that, like, it's already been done yeah, and that this person's clearly fucked up mm -hmm. and you're not going to get a dime out of them, really, you know? Yeah. Like, good for them. Because, yeah. like, most companies wouldn't give a fuck. They'd still yeah. sue the pants off of you, but... Thanks, thanks, Volkswagen Auburn. I mean, yeah. And way to be the bigger person, like in that 
situation. It's, yeah. I wish so, I wish the rest of the world were more mental health minded on the things like everything. Um, all right, so clearly this is a really big fucking deal. So the story breaks February 3rd, which is like basically a matter of days after she was rushed to the hospital. I was closing the pub when that came out, by the way. I remember it well. Because yeah. I was like, <gasps> I was also working. Oh, it was fucking nuts. Oh my God. Yeah. That yeah. was some, it was like getting a gut punch. Yeah, I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna get into that one. (laughs) Somehow, I was working all of the key evenings. So, all right. Story breaks locally, February third, twenty sixteen. That this local celebrity essentially faked it all. Within just days, it's a national news story. Um, By February 8th, five days later, the police confirm that they have an open investigation on her for fraud. Because remember, she had a fundraiser for herself. For medical bills and incidentals while going through treatment for her fourth, no, for her third round of cancer. I've lost track. That's very crass to say. But um, Susan G. Komen Foundation issued an official statement that she and her team raised over $414,000 between 2006 and 2016 for them. And $28,541 of that was specifically under her name. Because remember, you have to have like a buy-in, a minimum fundraised amount to be able to participate in each walk. And she was a part of a lot of them. Um... And that is confirmed with all, like, all of their accounting that all of that was, in fact, raised and given to them. Susan G. Komen Foundation, as many of us know, has a very troubled past on paying their CEOs really fucking well. And about, was like barely over 1% of the money raised is actually going towards or was at the Mm -hmm. time going towards the research, which is why so many national corporations like NFL have switched from Susan G. Komen to American Cancer Association to be associated with. Um, So as the police investigate or investigation inches along, Tracy's liver also continues to not do well. She is not trying to help it along. 
she has chosen to decline treatment for her liver failure. Ends up going on home hospice care by early summer, same year. So from February of her going into the hospital to June 14th, 2016, she passed away at her parents' home on Vashon Island. They had started since moved to Vashon Island. And she passed away from liver failure. Having family and two close friends by her side, if I remember correctly. One or two close friends by her side. So what the fuck? Like, why? Why? Right? Um... It's apparently more common than any of us would like to think. Um, and in most cases, it's due to a mental issue that recognized by the American Psychiatric Association as factitious disorder. There are many types of factitious disorder, but they all relate to faking illnesses. Um, the two main ones we all know about are, of course, Munchausen and Munchausen by proxy. I was just going to say, is it similar to that? Mm-hmm. So, Munchausen, or factitious disorder, this is, um, categorized as a serious mental disorder where people will fake illness and even cause self harm to essentially a goal, generally attention, some sort of filling that gap or hole that they can't figure out how to fill. Um, obviously Munchausen by proxy is the one most people know about, and that's the one where crazy-ass moms or dads will, I mean, the one we most, I mean, like, basically. Caretakers. Caretakers. Will essentially poison someone. And convince them they're and, fucked yeah, up. Convince, yeah, so convince someone else that they're sick, that everyone can get sympathy to an end. Um, so, a very prominent mental health physician wrote a book called Dying to be Ill on Factitious Disorder and interviewed several, like hundreds of people with this disorder and wrote this book, which I've added to my, I gotta look, look up this book because that just, this whole like concept is really foreign, but also like, wow, I need like intriguing. Um, but yeah, a lot of these people often talked of feeling as though it was like an addiction or a compulsion 
to fake these symptoms and to fake this sickness in order to get this attention and sympathy and they couldn't resist it there was like they couldn't even stop themselves they like would look back at you know you say a thing and then you think in your head why the fuck did I say that I can't stop myself you know and some of them it was for obtaining a sense of control where they felt their life was out of control but they realized that if they could oh whenever someone thought I had a lump that I might have cancer suddenly people gave a shit about me and got off my back about not whatever it is bills or yeah. Whatever, yeah and a lot of times it was they had a lack of sense of self. So feeling that like sense of loss of like, what am I even doing with my life? Who the fuck even am I? Like, what have I done? Like, it just, oh, I don't even know what I want to do. I don't know. Like, just kind of feeling lost in life, lost in life. And sort of that personality that kind of gloms on to whoever their best friend is or their closest person or whatever the current craze is. Um, sometimes it's just an act of desperation. They realize, oh, when people think I'm sick, they're not expecting me to pay for as many things. And they get caught up in that, which is more of a malingering aspect of things, like more of that manipulation um, where more people get upset and angry. So, um, a comment that I found by a Susan G. Komen spokesperson in one of the many interviews really kind of struck me and it was on one of our local seattle network cairo 7 on their cairo7.com i read an article where they were talking to this uh it was like the pacific northwest spokesperson for susan g Komen foundation um and this person is also the one that had verified yes all of the money we're aware of that she raised went directly to us. Um, but this person said, uh, it's important to get to know the individuals who are fundraising and on an organization's behalf and to get to know the work of the organization. And this was their response when talking about how unfortunate it is how there are people out there that fake diseases, blah, 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 and get fake so they can get donations. And unfortunate how she was such a prominent name, name in Seattle associated with breast cancer research fundraising and how now a lot of people will be skeptical of donating money to causes like this. 
and it just kind of hit me because it sort of pissed me off because the reason this situation was so shocking and infuriating and hurtful is because so many people donated only because they knew her and thought she was dying. And she genuinely did dedicate her life to this cause. Which is why this is so fucking confusing and hard to wrap your brain around. And so that's why I keep coming back to the mental health aspect of it. And I also really wanted to stress about how when I personally was in, I, I did one walk. I can't imagine if I had done two, let alone three or 10 or 12 or whatever, and how easy it could be to get wrapped up because cancer survivors are not just treated like, oh my God, it's amazing what you've been through. You're so strong. Like we all do what because someone gets near death and they fight through it and yeah they deserve that respect but through this three-day walk cancer survivors are paraded and put on literal pedestals and they're not just treated they're not just treated like royalty but they're worshipped it's like a weird mental thing that happens and if you don't have a good sense of self if you don't feel like you have a good grasp on your own life and you don't feel like you're going anywhere in life and yeah you dove into this because a family member died but you feel like maybe that's not enough and you see these people that are survivors and you're like hmm oh no I have a lump and suddenly people are like oh no and you fucking go with it. Especially if you have that inclination or weakness or whatever. And that's where, yeah, it's a really fucking awful thing that she did. But also there's, it's not black and white. Because I remember seeing her give to others. and Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think she genuinely at some point believed that she had cancer? I think she genuinely believed an aspect of it. I don't know where the line was or if there ever was one or if it was all just fuzz. Which it could have been at some point. Like, yeah. if it was genuine mental, mental illness, she very well could have just been like, mm-hmm. oh, I definitely have cancer because she'd been doing it for 10 years or something, you know? Yes and no, because of the whole aspect of her getting close friends and family to drop her off at doctor's appointment. She had to have done the research to know 
okay, so I've round, you know, round one of cancer probably would just be doing this for treatment. Round two of cancer, more serious, we're going to step it up. Like, she did the research. But that part makes me feel like it's premeditated. And yeah. that part makes me be like, yeah, you're not a good person. And again, that's why I say it's confusing and fucked up. And, but then clearly things got to where everything was just too fucking much. Mm-hmm. She knew she had do- gone too far. And she didn't know what else to do but drink about it. She had cried to me so many times. Like, come into the bar. Sat while I ap- bellied up to the bar while I was working. And we had, t- you know, I, it was like a slow night. Probably one of my Tuesday nights. And... You know, just bared her, what I thought was burying her soul and cried to me. And, like, she was, you know when you could tell the difference of a genuinely depressed person? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I'm so sad, trying to get attention person. Mm-hmm. She was genuinely depressed. But she put a mask on it and dressed it up as something, as a depression of another kind. I mean, also that I'm like, ooh, because I'm like, how much was she drinking? Because, like, I drink a lot. A lot. But, a like, fucking lot. I feel like I'm okay. A <laughs> like, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I also drink mostly beer, so. But there's, there's something also to be said for feeling like you're not good enough unless you have these things wrong with you. Why would anyone want to donate money when I'm fundraising for this cause unless I have cancer, unless I'm a survivor, unless I'm, you know? Or feeling like you lack importance in your life and so you have to make yourself seem important somehow that's the part having genuine and again I'm not saying that let's forgive her I'm saying let's just say it's not that easy it's we can be we can feel sorry for her we can care for her while being really fucking pissed at her. And then there's the conspiracy theory. Is she dead? Oh my god. I didn't even <laughs> want to touch on that. Fucking Reddit. I, I have to. <laughs> fucking Reddit. Oh my god. Leave it to people on Reddit. Did there she were fake so her many. Death? There were a lot of people say on Reddit and honestly in West Seattle. Yeah, West Seattle blog. So a lot of people saying she's probably not even dead. She went into hiding. Nah. I saw. I've never seen Okay, not never. Unfortunately, I've seen 3 people that yellow. 
but I've only seen one person with like severe alcoholic jaundice and it was fucking not cool. It literally looked like they somebody colored their eyeballs and everything with a highlighter. It was like not okay. Yep. She looked, she looked like that the last time I saw her. And she had lost a lot of weight. Uh, so Cheers. I'm out my of, I drank all my drinks. My takeaway is it's okay if things are not that black and white and people are not People are rarely evil to the core, and mental health is a really big fucking deal. Ooh. Pause. Mm -hmm. We cannot end this episode without this. I'll be right back. It's an emergency. Happy Cinco de Mayo. <gasps> <laughs> I just randomly remembered it was going to be Cinco de Mayo. I was like, oh my god, I have tequila. Speaking of drinking too much, let's do it. <laughs> I called to my people. Hey! If this is the last episode for a while. Or ever. We don't know. We don't know. It's really hard to fucking know. Um, happy Mother's Day. Happy Wait. Cinco de Mayo. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Olé. Olé. Maybe we should do a like Patreon limoncello party in the summer. I do have a, you know how I love to make lists of like things I need to do. Um, make limoncello again is on my list for the next week or so. Is it like a Kill Bill list where the number five is like bigger and circled? No, I'm not that cool. Dang it. It's a shit to do while unemployed. <laughs> Make limoncello. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> Love it. Shit. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. Sorry for literally all the fucking nightmares. Ooh. But definitely drink some good local beer. Or tequila. Or whatever. Just shit. Drink whatever some you good, got around. good things. We miss you already. For more information, we can be found on Instagram. At Seattle underscore on underscore tap. Email at Seattle on tap at gmail.com or our website, Seattle on tap.com. You can also like us on Facebook, and all of the Seattle on tap original music is provided by Bubble Bathism, courtesy of the Subterranot Recording Collective.